When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There are different ways to push and labor and give birth. And it's not called doggy style. It's called being on all fours. Pushing <laughs> well being on all fours. That makes more sense. The good, the bad, and the Welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Science, the show that breaks down the science of television and movies with a comedian and a scientist. Today, we're discussing what to expect when you're expecting. So I'll ask about pregnancy, IVF, and giving birth doggy style? Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Ethan Edinburgh, and I've got two wonderful guests joining me today. My first guest is a director, writer, actor who has been on a million shows, such as The Mindy Project, Dirty John, and a guilty pleasure of mine, Pretty Little Liars. Welcome to the show, Josh Covet. Hey, thanks. So glad to be here. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, you picked the right guy. Uh, childless, uh, <laughs> you know, not not... Engaged, engaged, not married yet. Um, oh, okay. But I, but I have played. You know, I'm, I'm excited to dive into this film because I have played uh, dozens of dumb dad roles. So uh, that was that's a big part of what to expect when expecting. Um, and I'm sure that's why you brought me on, not for my medical expertise. Uh, no, or experience I, in the in the subject of pregnancy. Uh, yeah, I guess we really wanted either a dumb dad a someone who pretends that they're a dumb dad or a future dumb dad which uh, i expect you to be i could be all the yeah the post dumb dumb dad boyfriend uh, future dumb dad uh, dumb husband and <laughs> and you know what i look my sister i have i have two young nieces both oh. under the age of three a couple friends that are pregnant so actually you know now that i'm saying it out loud i'm probably the best yep second best guest you could have had on this episode <laughs> yeah I'll first being you there. any woman at all <laughs> <laughs> that's true okay i'm the third best guest second best being any yeah. woman in the history of mankind so you said you you don't have any kids but you are engaged are you planning to have kids would you like kids one day that the uh a child or children is in the conversation so fantastic okay yeah, i'm in so, a similar so I, boat so maybe yeah we can like tag team this and try to figure out how not to screw it up mm -hmm, mm -hmm. definitely this is the way to i think after whatever an hour 45 minutes of us talking together our lives will be flawless yeah going absolutely forward. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah, perfect parenting, all... perfect childbirthing, everything, just perfect, perfect, perfect. Five stars. It's a lot of it's a lot of pressure to put on our second guest's shoulders, but I'm sure that she can handle it. She's going to have to just solve all aspects of our lives. I, I plan to be in shape. I plan to be financially responsible. So it's going to be really exciting here today. Um, my second guest is a double board certified obstetrician and gynecologist and maternal fetal medicine specialist focusing on the care of women with maternal and or fetal complications of pregnancy. Welcome to the show, Dr. Shannon Clark. You created Babies After 35. Can you tell mm -hmm. me about that? Yeah, so I became a first time parent, a nine day shy of my 43rd birthday. 
Uh, I married, met my now husband at 38, uh, married at 39. We were not able to have kids on our own. So we went through multiple rounds of IVF that failed. So ultimately I was able to get pregnant with twins via donor egg. And that, so that means that a, uh, yet another individual donated their eggs to me. They were fertilized with my husband's sperm and that em- those embryos were put into my uterus. Way too much information I know, but it's important to know. Uh, and there are many ways to make a baby. That's one of them. And so now I have five-year-old twins. Um, and uh, yeah, I had them right before my 43rd birthday. Wow. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. And do you uh, use that as like bragging rights like they did in the movie? There was a lot of like shoving it in your face that, that I have twins and you only have one baby coming. So the character, uh, and I don't remember uh, the name of the character, but it was played by Brooklyn Decker. Uh, yeah, there was a, a lot of competition going on there with one-upping with the twin thing. That is not uncommon, unfortunately. There's a wow. lot of one-upping uh, amongst parents regarding uh, either how they got pregnant, how many they got pregnant with, uh, or whatever from that to the baby shower to how they were delivering, uh, the birth experience. So there's always ways to one-up one another, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah, it happens. (laughs) And I feel like that, I know we're just talking about pregnancy and and, and the birthing, but it it Mm -hmm. feels like that carries on afterwards, you know, like that everyone's then they're like, oh, my kid's in this percentile. He's he's a future athlete or he or she is a future athlete. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, look at the words they learned. Oh, my God, Mm -hmm. they're walking already. Like, let's not even talk about the milestones. When you're talking about milestones with toddlers, like you, you people are constantly trying to see where your kid has, is at compared to theirs just to make sure theirs is a little bit further ahead than yours. <laughs> it never stops. It never is that stops. just so parents can just sort of, are they, I wonder if they're looking for the milestone, right? For the, for the excellence. So then they can just like take their foot off the gas or just coast. They're like, my job's done. My kid is, my kid is in the 99th percentile. <laughs> there, there are a lot. I, I personally think there are a lot of people that are just that competitive. I really do. Wow. Because those types of parents don't let off the gas. They are constantly striving to, for more. Um, I don't know if, it, you know, it's a certain population that are like that. I'm not so much like that. I'm just glad my kids were alive at the end of the day and, uh, you know, still doing okay. Um, but, you know, uh, not everybody's like that. So um, I'm very yeah. high strung at work, very not high strung at home. So I can't do it, be like that 24-7. So. Yeah, got to balance that out. You got to um, balance it out, yeah. I, I'm a competitive guy. I, I like to win uh, in sports and stuff like that. But I really... You know, and I don't want to condone anybody's behavior or, or judge somebody because I'm the resident schmuck around here. And I get that. But it seems to me that like being competitive with certain things once your child is, like you said, in elementary school or, oh, he learned these words or he can walk. That makes a little more sense to me than kind of what we were seeing in the movie, which which I can't believe you're, you're telling me is true, mm-hmm. which is that people are competitive about how they give birth or the 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 twins or not twi- like to me all of that stuff should just be uh like out of bounds like that mm-hmm. should not be uh like it should be like taboo or whatever like you shouldn't be able to compete with that everyone should just be hoping that the babies are healthy and you know uh, delivered safely and and not trying to shove it in each other's face that seems wild to me well i think unfortunately and this happened before that the the invention of social media if you will but now that <laughs> social media is a uh and you have you have that in your at your disposal 24 7 as well as the perfect what i call the instagram square life uh nothing's off limits when it comes to the female reproductive tract wow. and uh unfortunately that is the case 
Uh, and that's where you start hearing more about, you know, uh, mom shaming, especially when it comes to how people deliver. Did you use medications? Did you have an epidural? Did you do naturally? And I, and I have removed the word natural when it comes to me in my personal life, as well as when I educate and also in, in my job, because giving birth is natural period. So I always try to make sure that it doesn't matter how the baby was ejected from your body, you gave birth. Nothing's uh, better. One way is not better than the other. So, um, yeah, it's a, it can be pretty brutal out there. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. The break is over. Here we go. Back to the show about science. Okay, I love, love that philosophy. Work. Just giving some yes. snaps to Dr. Snaps. Clark. Yeah, <laughs> snapping it up. It's gonna That's be a, great. I feel like there's going to be a lot of snaps on this program today. That's true. Um, yeah, no, that is awesome. I totally agree with that. And, and obviously, we're diving right in here to the science, which I love, but... Obviously, we're talking about a movie here, guys. We're talking about what to expect when you're expecting. Now, I don't know what you guys expected, but for whatever reason, I had low expectations going into this movie, and I really enjoyed it. I was surprised I to yeah, to like it so much. The internet's think, not very kind to it. I think that's how you have to go in to get yeah. enjoyment out of it. Yeah, low expectations. I'm a sucker. I didn't even really realize it was going to be a romantic comedy, let alone like five romantic comedies in mm-hmm. one. Um, so yeah, I just wanted your your take on it. Uh, Dr. Clark, I know some scientists when it comes to a movie that's about their specialty can get a mm-hmm. little uh, weirded out about certain things. But but yeah, I just wanted to see if you liked the movie and, and could agree with the science of it. No, uh, I, I wouldn't call it a scientific movie. Uh, I think it was good about <laughs> representing the different ways families are made. I thought that was good. I thought it was good. They included pregnancy loss, which I think was excellent. Um, of course, they couldn't dedicate as much time to that kind of sensitive topic because it's a movie and it was telling, what was it, five stories of, of different ways of becoming a family. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were some things in there that I was just like, oh, is this? No. <laughs> no, no, no. But I can't not, I can't even watch Grey's Anatomy. I stopped watching Grey's Anatomy years ago because I just, I'd spent too much time yelling at the TV. You know, and so honestly, I don't watch a lot of these types of movies because I I get too sidetracked by trying to say that's not right. Um, So I I thought the entertainment value was really good. And I liked how they kind of intersected the different stories and tried to tell different stories about how families are made. Um, um, But there's there's a little bit of scientific uh, inaccuracies there, if you will. Okay, I want to hop back to it, but I got to know what Josh Mm -hmm. thinks of this movie, Josh. I mean, well, first of all, my head is spinning listening to you two because I thought I was watching a documentary. It felt so (laughs) true to life and accurate. Uh, No, everyone's a regular amount of attractive. Uh huh. (laughs) Totally, just a lot of plain-looking people. Oh yeah, right. And um, yeah, uh, uh, different socioeconomic statuses. Those those are the things I'm going to jump into. Speaking of like, first of all, just the odds that two high school sweethearts or almost sweethearts. In Atlanta, would then also have rival lunch trucks. In, that was a vi- right to next me, to that, each other. Yeah. Right next to each other. Yeah, like what? The same person from high school. Oh, anyway, yeah. that's a that was a bit of a, a stretch, but whatever. It's that's the meat cute. That's the car meat cute. I um, I I knew this movie existed. I had never seen it before, mm-hmm. so it was sort of fun and nostalgic because it's. I think it's what ten years old yeah. at this point. Yeah. So it was. And I mean, the cast is amazing. You're kind of mm-hmm. like, whoa, they can't believe they got all these people together. And yeah. and I didn't realize it makes total sense, but it is the equivalent of those movies like Father's Day, Mother's Day, mm-hmm. Valentine's Day, Love Actually. Mm-hmm. Like someone was just like, let's do it about making babies. And then mm-hmm. they, they sort of um, 
yeah put put this one out there which yeah it was it was it was fun and uh uh i definitely think if we're getting into science i know dr clark this isn't your expertise but i do want to know like what's the science that makes you believe j-lo is a struggling freelance photographer i feel like that's i don't know i don't know if that science has been invented yet so i'd be like really <laughs> like i'm supposed to believe that the, the the world's you know top five diva is this like oh my tiny apartment i'm struggling as a photographer <laughs> that and then the science that says ben falcone is dennis quaid's son i felt like that oh, yeah, so yeah i was like i'm not seeing love you both love you both very talented so much has happened in 10 years so much has happened in 10 years. that's true that's true i forgot it was 2012 that's right that's when that's kids right didn't, you have to take that look like a their lot parents. has happened they've, they've evolved in the past 10 years i totally forgot i forgot about that anyway that's the the lateral yeah. science as mm-hmm. i'll call it but um yeah and, it, and they did they did hit some some moments mm-hmm. too I, there were a couple i'm i'm not ashamed to say that i got emotional uh uh Me too at a couple moments um although i i this is not what the writers and directors want to hear I enjoyed it, but the largest laugh I had was probably in the closing credits when Chris Rock's clumsy son gets hit in the face with a beer can. That was legitimately <laughs> that the, the loudest laugh I, yeah. I had the whole film. Or but. when he came out of the bushes holding the dead animal. That was Yeah, right. Good. Yeah. Also very good. <laughs> and there are kids that are just like that. Trust me. There are, there are kids that are just like that. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it'll be my kid and Josh's kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Absolutely. Well, I'm Literally. from Kentucky, so it's a lot of my family members, so I've, I've seen it. <laughs> First Here we go. This is the comp- this is the competitiveness we were it talking is. I'm about. I'm one up in you right now. Uh-huh, like, already, I'm, I've been there with my family, so yeah. Yeah. Already oh, you think there. you think that's a dead animal? Let me that's show right. you what you know what my nephew pulled out of the woods. Um. So, what were some of the scientific inaccuracies that uh, you know that that you noticed? in this film, Dr. Clark? Um, well, actually, I would say overall, there was probably more that was kind of hit the nail on the head than not. But let's talk about the pushing scene. When okay. you see, uh, and I'm sorry, I'm terrible with names. I don't remember the characters' names, but a lot of them were, just for those who are watching, it, towards the end, there was a few that were giving birth at the same time, but they were sitting straight up as if they were sitting in a chair pushing. You cannot push a baby out that way. You can't. Yeah, Cameron Diaz You think about like it, a... the anatomy, the vagina is going to be hitting that, the seat of that chair, it's not coming out that way. You, there are different ways to push and labor and give birth. And it's not called doggy style. It's called being on all fours, pushing while being on all fours. So that that's the more proper sense. medical terminology. Yeah. So we're not pushing doggy style, although it can be perceived that way, but that's not exactly what it's called. So yeah, there's different yeah. ways, but you have to kind of be back in a certain position in the, what we call uh, laying completely on your back or up at a 45 degree angle or pushing on your side, or pushing, you know, uh, uh, knees to chest, or pushing in the uh, all fours position. But you got to make sure that area there is freed up so the baby can come out. If you're sitting straight up, and they always do this in movies for some reason, they have the person pull up and sit straight up, like they're sitting in a chair and push as hard as they can. I'm like, that baby's not going to come out. You're just keeping the baby in there. That makes no sense. So yeah, that's was very, very inaccurate. Uh, One of the but this is not the only movie that does that a lot of movies do that. And not only that, the fact the fact that they push out a three month old, it's also not accurate. Have you noticed a lot Classic. of these babies? I'm like, Classic move. The baby's like three months old. Yeah, that was the, the, the oh man, you hit two, those are two of my scientific questions yeah. for you. One was uh, go, back going uh, with the second one first. With the newborns, I'm like, okay, these are not newborns. Like they had a very good umbilical cord, like prosthetic on one. But I'm like, there's no way. There's there's no way Hollywood producers are like, oh, maybe it was a bad one. But I'm like, they're not like 
standing outside of delivery rooms like, hey, we're shooting a movie down the hall. Can I borrow your kid? Like they have to be, they just cover them with goo. Right. Mm-hmm. And like some of these babies, they had their eyes wide open. They're smiling. Like there's no, they're not. Oh, yeah, they're already saying they're ABCs. And you know, it's like, <laughs> no, that's not, no, it takes a little bit longer than that guys. They, they don't come out that way. Uh, but you know, that's a movie thing. I, I'm sure in their defense, it's really hard to get a newborn on the set. I get it. Sure. I, I do. But I think they could do a little bit better of trying to pass it off in some way than what they do and just like pull it out and it's like this big, you know, it, thank goodness babies are not that big when they come out. So they could do a little bit better job. Yeah. There was one that was fully dressed. He had like a briefcase. It was insane. I was like, what? Like smoking this- a cigar. <laughs> yeah. This kid's already got a yeah. job. And- <laughs> bad, bad movie. And then the other thing that's not always quite accurate. And I think delivering in a hospital gets a bad rap for this is that, you know, the whole pushing thing, like you have a whole audience. Push, ah, everybody's going nuts. And they're like, and you're just like, oh my God, it's like, it, you know, what is going, it's not always like that. A lot of times it's very controlled and it's quiet. You know, sometimes patients can be loud and that, that if they want to be loud, that's fine because they're the one that's pushing the child out. But the rest of the people that are whoever else is in the room, they got to kind of, you know, chill out a little bit. So if I'm in there as the physician and I see five different faces on the patient trying to go, 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 I'm like, y'all need to back on out, let them do the work and let's just tone it down some. Yeah, yeah. Not everybody needs a stadium uh, crowd no. cheering them on. I guess to give birth. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, uh, yeah, I. I mean, the other one is that the birth plan changes, which is kind of. I feel like that happens in almost every movie yeah. uh, as well. So, is that as common as they're making it seem? So the whole thing about the birth plan, um, there, it's it's perceived kind of two different ways. Um, one way is that there's a group of people who are very they want their birth plan, they research it, and they really want to stick to it. And I totally get that. But then the medical community is kind of seen as saying, okay, I want to take that birth plan as soon as you hit the door, and I'm going to check it in the trash. You know, that's not always accurate either. I think birth plans should be respected. And I think that um, at the same time, uh, if something doesn't happen in your birth plan, you can't be too – I've seen patients get so so obsessed with that birth plan that if anything deviates, they cannot handle it and they lose their minds. And it's very stressful to them. A birth plan should not be stressful to you. It should be a guide over what you want, a way to express your patient autonomy, a way to express your wants and needs. And but most importantly, the first time that a physician or anybody that's delivering your baby should see a birth plan is not when you're in labor. That should be happened months ago or weeks ago and developed over time with your provider to you know come up with a birth plan together. I think that's the best way so that you know what to expect. But in this situation, um, they, what was it? She didn't want a C-section and she wanted to push the baby out. But for whatever reason, they never explained that she needed a C-section. Of course, they had to throw that in there. That's my, who's going to get the emergency section. Mm-hmm. And um, she was saying, oh, well, that's not my birth plan. And let me just push. And the doctor said, no, we got to go because the baby's not doing well. And it stressed her out. They didn't focus on it too much. And it did stress her out some. But, you know, um, I think birth plans are great. I just hate it when if something doesn't go right, the patient feels really guilty or they feel like they failed. The birth plan should not be in place to make you feel or your partner or you as a couple fail because something didn't go right on your birth plan. That's what it's not supposed to be. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. Question on that with the, uh, so the birth plan, you know, you see this, it's again, the drama of like the C-section and then there's Mm -hmm. always the epidural, you know, stat, Mm -hmm. we got to get them this, that. Is uh, there is correct me if I'm wrong. Two questions on that: Is it so there is a cutoff, right, or or is there not a cutoff about when you could uh, administer an epidural? And then also, is it morphine or was that extra that they gave Elizabeth Banks? 
So no, there used to be when I've been practicing delivering babies for 22 years. And it used to be that we did not, or I was trained to not give epidurals until they were at least four to five centimeters dilated. That is not the case. If a patient wants the epidural when they hit the door, I'll give them the epidural when they hit the door. And, but not most patients ask for that. There are some that might have reasons that they want to epidural early, but no, we, studies have come out that shown that it doesn't, uh, uh, delay the, the progressive labor or increase your risk of having a cesarean. So it's not uh, is looked at that way anymore. As far as the morphine on the patient, she got an epidural, the, the character we're talking about got an epidural, and then she ended up in a C-section, and she's kind of out of it because of morphine. So mm. when we take, this is important, this is really important, so listen up both of you. <laughs> if your significant other ends up in a C-section, the primary way that we want anesthesia to be administered is called regional anesthesia. That means the anesthesia is given in the back, either through an epidural or a spinal. Why? Because we want the patient awake for delivery of that baby in a C-section. Because if we put the patient to sleep, medications can get to the baby and you can deliver a drowsy baby that might need some resuscitation. Now, if we have to do it and put the patient to sleep, we do, obviously. If it's emergent and they don't have any kind of anesthesia or their epidural or their spinal fails and they don't have a, what we call a surgical block and they're feeling something, and yes, you can convert to general anesthesia, but for C-sections, we prefer the patient remain awake. The fact that she's talking about getting IV morphine, that really doesn't happen because that's intravenous and that would cross the placenta into the into the baby. That's so, what I was wondering. I'm watching yeah. and I'm like, isn't if she's tripping out, staring at the, you know, the yeah. the painting on the ceiling and she's got morphine, mm-hmm. I'm like, doesn't the baby then there, there are some situations where there's anxiety might be high, even though we know we have a surgical block and they might get something called ketamine or something like that where they're still awake. Um, and that can make them a little loopy, loopy but I've never, uh, we don't give them IV morphine in that situation. There are other options that we have, but mm-hmm. sometimes we do have to add something on top of the epidural or the spinal just to help get through the surgical case. Um, but there's a lot of options there. Um, but overall, we like to keep the patient awake. I was just going to say, as someone who, I had a surgery in high school, not for pregnancy, I was not, I was not <laughs> pregnant, but then I had a morphine drip afterwards. It was the, one, the clicker where it was like, you can yeah. click it once the, an it's hour. It's called a PCA pump, patient-controlled analgesia, yeah. See, PCA that's pump. way, that's mm-hmm. more accurate than the clicker. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it was fine, but I never was tripping out. Like, honestly, mm-hmm. when they, when I left the hospital and uh, I had Vicodin, that did, that did more for me than the morphine. Anyway, I don't mm-hmm. want to get, this is not, we're mm-hmm. not, don't do drugs. I think that's the moral of this. Don't do drugs. uh, What to expect when you're doing drugs. Yeah, (laughs) That'll be a different podcast. Um, And I'll I'll really try to remember all of that, Doc. But but I think when it's getting close to the time that my girl's going to give birth, I'm just going to drive to you and just hang around uh, until the time comes. I think I've delivered over 10,000 babies. So I I got it. I got you. I got you. She'll, (laughs) She'll deliver the baby. Ethan, you can go out in the woods. Yep. And just find find some roadkill to bring yeah, back. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we did, you know. Yeah, We're eating tonight. I'll just go trip on Vicodin and play with dead animals. <laughs> oh That'll God, be great. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, you can come, man. It's going to be a ball. <laughs> All right. Um, there was a, a, a part of the movie I was also curious about where they're mm-hmm. talking about whether or not to uh, get a circumcision for their, oh, for their child. I knew you were going to ask that. I knew it. That's my job. Can I? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, go. Ahead. Is that your question? You want to talk about circumcision? I I just wanted your take on it. We don't have to. Okay, so here's my take. Okay. I am a professor. I'm double board certified. I deliver babies. Um, I have a son and a husband, uh, and I educate on social media. That is one topic I will not touch. Wow. I won't touch it. <laughs> okay. I will not touch it because that is the quickest way to get completely annihilated. Really? On social media. Oh, yes. Are you kidding me? 
I mean, the whole wow. circumcision debate is, I think the bottom line is this, um, as far as health benefits of circumcision, yeah, there are some that are proven, especially with HPV. Um, but I mean, it's not, and, and I, I think it boils down to what the patient's, the family's preference is. Um, mm. And as far as the pain control for, for the infants, um, I did hundreds of circumcisions when I was training and we did little nerve blocks to help with that. Um, so, you know, I don't, as far as the medical, you know, the health benefits, I think there, I do think the science proves that there are some, but I don't think there's a big reason to do it or not do it. I really think it, it's based on what the family wants okay. at the end of the day. Um, uh, and I'm not just saying that to be, to not get bad comments under this <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> I really think that's what it boils down to. Um, but for whatever reason, I'm telling you that I, I have a private Facebook group, a closed private Facebook group that I have for babies under 35. And that is one of the topics that will, cannot be discussed in that group. <laughs> Man, that's so strange. I never would have guessed oh, that. Yeah. It absolutely is. It is, uh, it is very, very uh, hotly debated. Well, Josh, do you want people coming at you? Maybe you want to weigh in and, and oh, man. You know, yeah, really heavily favor one side. Dive in. That was that was a part of the movie where I had a flash to my own relationship of like, oh God, you know that that's when it's like working where you're like, oh no, are we gonna have? Because I, uh, I, I, I uh, was born and raised Jewish, so mm-hmm. you can make your own you know conclusions mm-hmm. of of what my situation is, um, <clears throat> and, and, and my my partner's not, so you mm-hmm. know I'm like, oh, are we gonna have? You know, and then and I was already. I understand why you don't want to touch it because I was like, oh, God, yeah, what is this? Mm-hmm. I don't even want to put myself in that yeah. in that space. Mm-hmm. I want to to snip that <laughs> conversation out of oh, uh, no. <laughs> my day. That's what I want. I want to. <laughs> For our son, our, and my twins were born prematurely at 31 weeks. Um, my husband's circumcised, and I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying that. And so that's what's his thought. You know, I am, and a lot of, uh, you know, partners who are circumcised want, you know, to don't want their child to feel like they look differently from them. And I think that is a valid argument. I do, or a valid reason. Um, but then once he realized it happened, because it didn't happen immediately, because we signed the consent form, but they were too little, or he was too little to get circumcised. And then we heard on driving into the NICU, they were in the NICU for a while, that, oh, the, you know, Remy just got circumcised and my husband started bawling crying in the car oh. oh my god i'm like what he said he just oh. i said renee it's fine i'm sure they gave him some numbing medicine it's fine we agreed on this month you know but i think it's just the thought of remy undergoing anything painful was really what it was oh. um but you know yeah i know it's just hard yeah. no matter what <laughs> and that's way more humane than the you know the the religious version of it i think it's like weeks out it's like 21 yeah. days 18 days it's yeah. something mm-hmm. so it's not even in the mm-hmm. hospital it's like yeah uh, mm-hmm. my dad but, made um, me uh have mine at my bar mitzvah in front of everybody oh, wow yeah, so that was really awesome. And you had to, and you had to sing your Torah portion. And I had all to that sing my Torah portion right afterwards. Yeah, ooh, yeah. You deserve all the presents. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. Well, it's a supportive group, so I felt like I could say that. <laughs> um, okay, uh, let's talk about maybe something potentially more fun, which is uh, <laughs> she gets an alert on her phone. Actually, her husband does too when <laughs> she's ovulating, and she basically demands that they get to it right away mm-hmm. and so i was that's cu- true oh okay that makes sense mm-hmm. oh, okay, it's absolutely great. true <laughs> uh, what's the window before, it, uh, minutes so uh, that was my question everybody yeah so the whole thing with ovulate you do what's called an ovulation predictor kit and there's different ways of doing it but um there's a traditional time period uh, for the average uh menstrual cycle for when ovulation window it could, could occur but it's really different for every individual person 
So the ovulation predictor kits, if you're actively trying to conceive, that's a good way to know when you're ovulating. And so, for example, before we started doing IVF, I tried on my own for a few months and I had planned a um, girls weekend trip to New Orleans. It happened to fall when I was ovulating and my husband flew in just <laughs> to meet me at a, I'm not even, meet me at a hotel room. My man. It happens. <laughs> It happens. So people that are rules. actually trying to conceive, yeah, they get pretty um, aggressive that when that, you know, it's time, it's time. <laughs> Man, that's great. I, I hope that he told people on the plane what he was going there for. <laughs> yeah, what, uh, yeah, business or pleasure, sir. What he li- literally flew Orleans? in and stayed for an hour, about two hours and then flew right back home. <laughs> wow. Man, that's that awesome. Great. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, okay, so there was also, and I assume this one's a little bit more just ridiculous, but um, she destroys a cell phone because it's going off near her, and she says, no more cell phones, landlines only. I don't want anything to happen to my baby. Yeah, so I, okay. So I do think, I do know that some people are like that. They really are, and they once they become pregnant or they're trying to conceive, they get hyper-focused on anything that could potentially either impair fertility or harm the developing fetus. And I get it. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. The break is over. Here we go. Back to the show about science. But I also blame social media to an extent because not just social media, but just uh, marketing in general. Uh, the pregnant individual and the trying to conceive individual is such a vulnerable population of people that they really just do want to do what's best. So they get targeted. They really do by a bunch of BS on social media and in the news that you need this, you need that, you need to avoid that. Don't take this. Don't. And it is overwhelming. And 90% of it is absolute BS. And, but it makes money or it draws likes or it does whatever. And that's one of my huge things. And I'm not going to try to get too serious, but you, anybody that's listening has to understand where that kind of information is coming from. Um, in that particular scene where the, the cell phone ran off and she uh, cr- you know, crushed it, she was saying something about, um, you know, she's, I think it's because she's pregnant, she didn't want the cell phone waves to be near that. It's, it sounds ridiculous, but there are some people who would be very concerned about that uh, legitimately. Um, but we just have to be realistic and understand where a lot of this stuff is coming from and that we can't prevent everything. Otherwise, we're going to be in a bubble the whole time we're trying to conceive or pregnant. And uh, one of the things I do on social media is I debunk a bunch of that crap that's out there. Um, because I really feel that it, it the, these accounts and these products, could, they'll tell you what you need to put in your vagina and you need to do this. And I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy what people are expected to do. And it's purely to make money. M- most of this stuff is purely to make money. And it's targeting a vulnerable population who just wants to do the best thing they can for while they're pregnant. I do not have a, uh, uh, currently, I do not have a TikTok account. Uh, at some point, I'm sure I'll get mm-hmm. sucked into the vortex. But Dr. Clark, I did watch on on the browser, I was able to watch some of your videos. And I loved, I mm-hmm. loved the ones where you're just like, yo, this is not, you're getting information from someone who has no credentials. Mm-hmm. They're literally just, it's, it's like that saying, I mean, so this is social media. What is the saying? The the lie get a lie gets around the world twice by the time the yeah. truth gets its pants on like absolutely it, yeah. it's so so there's so much out there and and it, you can you can get an idea stuck in your head and then you can never get it out uh and it's also funny to me i was just talking about this with a, a friend of mine who's pregnant has twins mm-hmm. 
And, you know, she was telling me about they just like baby proofed their house. But we were laughing about all the technology we have mm-hmm. and all the things that are like, oh, the baby needs this. It needs that. You know, there's a mm-hmm. robot that shoves. And, and we're sort of laughing about like it makes it sound like, you know, we've been having children for tens of thousands of years. Mm-hmm. So then uh, how did any of them ever survive if the mm-hmm. only way to to give birth is to like remove all cell phones, you know, mm-hmm. and not have anything around you, live in a bubble? Well, we, like and we said. also, I remember I, I'm 48, so we didn't have seatbelts. And I was bouncing around all in the box. Yeah. The I mean, you know, so <laughs> yes, technology and advancements we've made for infant pregnancy safety and things like that are great, but we have definitely gone overboard with some of that stuff. So we just have to be realistic and think about what makes sense. And I'm absolutely pro car seat, by the way, I would never have you bounce your kid around the box seat, but you know, car seats are, are definitely, you got to get a car seat. Definitely. But what about smoking on planes? Stuff. Are you you want to go back to that? Too? Yeah, smoking on right. planes is cool. Right? No, no seatbelts, smoking on planes. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, we have evolved in some very positive ways, um, but you know, I, it's hard to filter through all that. You know, there's some of the scenes we were talking about. The, uh, the one character was uh, talking at some convention for baby stuff, and you just see all of this new faint. I mean, could you imagine being a new parent? I, I've been a new parent I, five years ago. Um, I was, I was pretty level-headed. I'm going to pat myself on the back. I actually was pretty level-headed. Um, but I also have a medical background, and I could sift through that a little bit better, right, than, than somebody that's not. But could you imagine being a new parent and constantly being bombarded with, you need this. No, you need this. No, this is better. I mean, how would you be able to sift through that? One day, you, you guys are going to see what I'm talking about. It's, it can be very overwhelming. Yeah, I'm very concerned about that. I think I'm just naturally a worrisome, you know, I get it in my yeah. head that you know, my ankle feels a little bit weird. So now I have this mm-hmm. weird syndrome and I have to, I don't know. Um, so I really, I'm not looking forward to that, but I will absolutely follow you on TikTok and learn <laughs> everything I need to learn. And before I give that information out, I wanted to just go through like a lightning round of symptoms of pregnancy. And maybe mm-hmm. you can tell me, because they mention all these things in the movie as if they're just like yep. totally normal, don't worry about it. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to just rattle them off and you tell me like, yeah, that's cool. No, that's mm-hmm. alarming. Okay. Okay. Every movie I've seen with pregnancy, they're throwing up like super soon, early in their pregnancy. <laughs> yes, nausea and vomiting in pregnancy happens in up to 90% of pregnant individuals, but it can be nausea or vomiting or both. Okay. And it can even be severe in a certain percentage of those patients to where it's called hyperemesis that is very, very severe and significant. And uh, it's something that ends up probably needing a hospital stay to get over it. So, yes, that is very, very common. However, I don't want anybody to think that, that as an aside, all these symptoms you're going to ask about are probably going to be completely normal in pregnancy. But it's going to be those few people that don't have it. that It's going to think that something's wrong with them if they don't have it. Mm. So I want to make sure that people know that, yes, these are common. But just because you have it doesn't mean there's something wrong. Got it. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, nausea. Heartburn. Mm-hmm. Yep. Usually uh, later on in pregnancy, though, as okay. because as the uterus gets bigger, think about it, your intestines get pushed up onto the diaphragm that pushes your gastroesophageal junction up. And you, I had I had horrible heartburn, oh, terrible no. heartburn to where I could only stomach mashed potatoes for the last two months of my pregnancy. That's pretty much all I ate. But oh, wow. yeah, heartburn oh, can be pretty gnarly. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Peeing every five seconds. Yes. Absolutely true. Your renal function uh, um, starts to increase um, because of increased blood flow to those types of organs. So yes, the peeing is a real thing and peeing on yourself is a real thing as you get further along because of the pressure on the bladder, especially if the baby's down low or if it's kicking you there, you can 
pee on yourself. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Acne. Mm-hmm. Yes. Although not everybody has it, um, and it's a little bit different acne than what someone who's non-pregnant would experience. Um, but yes, there are products. I actually just posted about this. The different types of products you can use that are safe in pregnancy for acne. Uh, it is a real concern. You get a lot of skin changes, skin tags, acne, stretch marks, melasma, which is hyperpigmentation of the skin. I mean, there's so many things that go on based on the hormones that change in pregnancy. So yeah, acne is very common. Bleeding gums. Yes. Bleeding gums are common. Typically, though, it's if, if someone starts out with kind of not so great oral hygiene before they get pregnant, it's definitely going to get worse. So that's why it's, you should treat your mouth and your oral hygiene just like you would any other part of your body. We often neglect that. And especially once you get pregnant, if you have an untreated cavity or you already have some uh, gingivitis or periodontitis, it's going to get worse in pregnancy and you can get bleeding gums. So make sure you're taking care of your dental hygiene even before you start trying to conceive. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Constipation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that doesn't go away. What you know? <laughs> <laughs> my GI tract is not the same since I had my babies. I'm just going to be honest. It's not. <laughs> and I don't think it ever will be. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Hemorrhoids. Yes. Hemorrhoids are common, but they're typically common the, the more, since someone who's had carried more than one pregnancy. Um, and that's just because the venous, um, the veins of our body have a thinner wall than the arteries. And that's what the blood goes to our feet and kind of back up through the veins. And so they get kind of swollen, especially with the extra blood flow you have in your, your body and blood volume you have for pregnancy. So you think about varicose veins being dilated in pregnancy. That's the same thing can happen with hemorrhoids. Those are veins in your anus. And yes, it can cause hemorrhoids. Wow. Okay. All of this mm-hmm. is really stressing to me. And I want to push this mm-hmm. on everybody listening to just be extra kind to your mother. Today and every day. She, who knows what she went through to make sure that you were uh, alive. Uh, she experienced uh, something you might not ever experience. Um, and just, and if, if you know my platform, I'm going to interrupt you here. And it's yeah, not just no. women who give babies. Not yeah. everyone who gives baby has a uterus identifies as a woman. So anyone that has had go. a child, respect them. Yes. That, thank you. Still, mm-hmm. from the top of the show to the bottom, keeping me on track i i need you here all the time uh dr claire where can people find you and and again thank you so much for coming on the show yeah so i am most interactive on instagram at babies after 35 my website's also at babies after 35 but i have more fun on tiktok obviously tiktok baby doc is my handle on tiktok and that's where i do all my videos and kind of debunk a lot of crap that's on there mm-hmm. awesome doing doing debunk the good the, uh work. You had a you had a nice takedown of uh, perineum sunning that I saw. So that was Can you that was a good, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, and and so, sorry to keep it on that topic, but one other speed one I thought Ethan you'd get into. Oh yeah. Can a baby's fart be released into you know it's a comedy. No, it wouldn't that be a comedy fart. without a fart joke. So she was blaming it on the baby. Well, yes, she had the we one always walking blame everything on the baby. So okay. I mean, is it is it indirectly because of the baby? Sure, because it's pregnant. You have a lot more gas. There's no question. Uh, And it's a lot different than what you would normally experience when you're not pregnant. It smells different. It's different when you're pregnant. Mm. Trust me. Just trust me on that. But yes. uh, And when he's talking about one of the characters passed gas and blamed it on that it was the baby's gas. But no, it was hers. That was her. Okay. So even in utero, parents, future parents are blaming their kids. Because I have that thing now where a lot of my friends have kids. And they're like, oh, man, I can't do that thing. I promised. And they blame their kids for everything. It's always their kid's fault. So It's easy, though. You can. 
Do you know yeah, how many times they're... I've said I can't because of something with my twins? Are you kidding me? Yeah, and they have no idea. They have no <laughs> idea how many times <laughs> how many times you've thrown them under the bus. Yeah, don't take that excuse. away from me. Okay, I, I need that excuse. That's true. And yeah. you went through the whole process, like just like Ethan was saying, like you deserve. You know what exactly. I mean? After, they earned after it. what you yeah, went yes. through. You've earned yeah, it. yeah. They Absolutely. earned that. I can cancel at any time card. <laughs> but yeah. on the other hand, it's actually legitimately true. I I remember I was on my way out the doors recently. Actually, no, it was my I just got a new puppy, so the twins were about three and a half, and the puppy threw up. Then my son threw up, and then my daughter threw up because it was a chain reaction. Oh, Literal. God. I mean, I wish I wish I could have filmed it. It was the funniest and most disgusting thing and they were retching because they just saw our dog throw up and but look they threw up on my designer couch all three of them oh my god it was awful that's that's going in a movie i'm I'm yes and and you think that that sounds like something out of the movies but that crap really does happen for sure nice that's awesome Mm -hmm. well speaking Uh, of three people barfing where can people find you on social media josh uh me and all my barfs are at uh, at Josh Covet, just my name. Uh, not on TikTok yet, but at some point. But yeah, I'm on I'm on the uh, Instagram and the Twitter. Awesome. Just uh, just my name. Yeah, come find okay. me. Say hello. Gorgeous. Thank you both so much for watching this movie with me mm-hmm. and talking to me about it. I've learned a lot, and my my kids. Thank you, Doctor Clark. Future good. Yeah, and don't forget, y'all can call me anytime. Great. I'll help you out. Awesome. Well, hope to <laughs> speak right. to you I'm again. Gonna take you up on that. Yeah. Thank you. You're going to regret that. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Bye-bye. Bye.